Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? It's Friday. Welcome back to another edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Haley Salvian here with Sean Gentili. Sean, what's going on? It's dark out as we're recording. It's brutal. I, the energy's low. I'm, I'm oh sad. no, no! Don't say that. Don't <laughs> like. Don't put that in people's brains at the start of this. Come on, because like it's confirmation bias. Now they're gonna be like, "You guys sounded bored the entire time." Uh, but no, you know it what? Is How could I be bored? Because we just talked to Saad Yusuf, right. our wonderful Dallas Stars writer. That's coming um, up in the second segment of the show. Saad's great. The energy's high, folks, because Saad was here and he's delightful. I'm not bored. I am seasonally depressed. I'm not bored. I'm just sad. <laughs> In a very, very, very real way. However, I can carry on and do a good show. I like that you've settled on the... I feel like you finally landed on the intro here. It's Friday. Hey, what's it's up? Thriday. What's up, guys? It's Friday. Friday, Friday. Oh, can, can we get some kind of auto-tune system and then I can do my best Rebecca Black impression and that can be the new intro music for the show? <gasps> Danielle, do you have GarageBand on your computer? Can you auto-tune me to sound Garage like Rebecca Band. Black? <laughs> I, have, I have the professional version of GarageBand. Yeah. Um, can you auto-tune my voice? Let's, let's work on this. I can make it's it happen. It's Friday, Friday. Do you got Fruity Loops on your computer? <laughs> <laughs> Just going back like really, really old audio. Hey, do you have Sims too? <laughs> Did anyone about? go through that weird, sad phase during the pandemic where you re-downloaded like a Sims game? Or did everyone just play um, Animal Crossing? I didn't play Animal Crossing. My uh, No, you my... played the cheapo version, Stardust or whatever. It's not the cheapo version, but that was a hundred that was full. That's of... discount Animal Crossing. Yeah, it was that's just what fire I did. up Farmville on your Facebook. It's much better than that. 
that's but that that is what I did for a couple months during the pandemic was had a depressive episode and played a whole lot of Stardew Valley. Yes. And that's been the Athletic Hockey Show. Anyways, this is a hockey podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have with Sean. He's off the show. The vibes are bad. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Anyways, the next time you hear this podcast, we might have a fun new intro. I think that'd be really great. I think it would get rid of all the naysayers early, you know? We'd really figure out who likes this show. I'm looking. I'm actually already looking for a, a uh, music only version of the Friday song. So I'm ready. I will this. get the lyrics up and I will sing it. I will lay that track down. I was in the school choir. I don't know if you could tell. Congra- congratulations. <laughs> but I was a little singer girl. I've already got the reputation as like a killjoy because of all the Taylor Swift bullshit that I've been dragged into by you and Dom over the last couple years. Because so you I'm are. Not gonna, no, that's it. I. I Again, I've said it, it, it a million ways in a million different places. It, Taylor Swift doesn't need me to like her; she'll be fine. Uh, so yeah. I don't want, but I I don't want to dump on this. Like if like if we can get something fun, you know, auto tune Friday stuff. Like let's let's do it. <laughs> you can you can be the background. Like ooh, mm, <laughs> gotta draw the line somewhere. Danielle, just take that mm, that he did, and we can turn that into something really nice. Make Little it into a background beat. vocals. <laughs> Again, this is a hockey podcast. You're right. We're one month into the NHL season. The uh, Anaheim Ducks have yet to win in regulation. Boohoo. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets only have two regulation wins. As much as we're gonna, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Also, it's still early for a team like that because they're, they're getting points. But <laughs> like guess. Columbus is bad. Uh, yeah, they're they're really bad and. They don't have. I mean, Sorry. people people pretended that they were that they were going to be good. I don't. I don't I'm think not anybody. Sure why. I don't They've think got anybody. Some pieces there. I like Cole Sillinger. He's been terrible. <laughs> like I, he's he's nineteen, but he's you know he's stunk. Goudreau's Goudreau's been fine. Line has been hurt. The centers are terrible, and the goalies are whatever. And they have they have Zach Zach Wierenski and mm-hmm. that's it. So like they were at least they were. I mean, the Ducks were supposed to be bad, right? The Jackets are. The jackets are a train wreck. I think yeah. we're we're getting towards the point in the season where we have enough of a sample size to start at least thinking about drawing meaningful conclusions about about these about these teams, right? Yeah, like I we, think it de- I think be. it depends on who we're talking about. Like I think there's some really good teams who have been just okay, and there's some teams who we thought we were going to be really bad that have been really good. Like I do think there's going to be some teams who start clicking and playing better to their potential and some teams that regress down back to to the mean. But I mm-hmm. do think we are starting to see some separation in terms of like the Vegas Golden Knights already have a 12 point cushion over the Calgary Flames in the Pacific Division right now. It's, it's incredible. Vegas looks like a machine right now. And Bruce Cassidy is is done a really good job with that group. Mm-hmm. And Jack Eichel looks incredible, et cetera, et cetera. Riley Smith looks great. Um, I know that Maybe when the Max Petretti deal happened, it was just like, oh, God, why are you getting rid of him for nothing? Uh, it was so they could re-sign Riley Smith, and he looks great. I was at the Leafs game against the Golden Knights the other night, and he had the OT winner. Really good player. Yeah. So you can When I mean, you see that, you're like, yeah, I guess we kind of get it. <laughs> but you have to really be on board with the whole like cap space as an asset in a trade thing. Yeah, and I, I think you can see it. 
I, I think it's it's a nice barometer, I think, of where we are in the season where you're starting to see GMs publicly get kind of itchy over over their team's performance, right? We've seen it from Jim Rutherford day after day after day after day. We've Things re- are fun when Jim Rutherford is, is doing radio interviews. Yeah, I think Well, it depends for, who you ask. I think everyone everyone sees that he's old and thinks that he's that, that he's some meaningful or, or, everyone thinks that he's some, you know, nice old nice old man. He's not. He's got he's got a lot of he's got a lot he's a, he's got a lot of piss and vinegar left, right? Like he's he he likes he likes starting he likes starting trouble. Um but we've seen it from Doug Armstrong too. Like JR has been all over that. Jeremy Rutherford's yeah. been all over it. Doug Armstrong's like St. Louis Blues like open for business maybe because they are off. Well, he's and he's backing the coach too. He had he had a he met with the media last week and he had a players only meeting where he basically said like, "Yeah, Greg Brube is not going anywhere. You guys are bad right now." I wonder how long he's going to continue to back his coach when he realizes that a lot of those players might not have much trade value. I mean, because you did the story with Jr. How many of those yeah. guys are actually tradable? Guys that they probably don't want to get rid of. Not a ton. Like you, you can, O'Reilly's on an expiring deal. He's gonna. He has a lot of value. We're already seeing seeing him connected to Colorado. Who, by the way, the Avs are going to be connected with every. Mm-hmm. middle six like big quasi big name center on the market like mm-hmm. they're pierre lebrun did a had a piece that came out this afternoon where you know just kind of floating what happens with bo horvat star center for the canucks on an expiring deal what happens to ryan o'reilly stars star center for the blues mm-hmm. also on an expiring deal and playing extremely badly by the way very yeah. just a all-around brittle brittle start to the season Jonathan Taves, like what's going on? These are this is where we're at. Yeah, a, mo- a month, a month, a month in is is yeah. where we're starting to see big names attached to attached to potential buyers, right? And it is well, it, it it's it, it's wild to see. But as far as the Blues are concerned, I wonder before we start getting really into some of these teams and and who could be available and what's realistic or not, I I wonder if we're seeing these GMs start talking this way because they've realized over the last couple of years that like, yeah, your season can end pretty early. Sure. You can make a run at it, but at the end of the day, like, like look at the Vancouver Canucks. They had a horrible start last year. I mean, in a couple of years before that's a problem in Vancouver is, is bad starts. And we keep seeing this Canucks team who's not like selling off at the deadline and they're trying to make a run for it at the end and they come up short and the Canucks end up with, with the exact same roster and, and no more assets in their cupboard. So I wonder if teams are starting to be like, hmm, and specifically the Vancouver Canucks being like, hmm, why, why it's not pop- now? I mean, last year at the trade deadline, like think of what they could have got for JT Miller at the trade deadline last year. Or at the draft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and, really, and they at, re-signed at any- him and now they're in this place where it's like, well, we don't really want to trade Bo Horvat, but we need cap space. We are a bad team. We are capped out, and we don't really have a ton of stuff we can do. So they're probably going to have to trade Bo Horvat. I no? Think that's, don't I you think, think? I think that's the way that, that the Miller deal should have been framed from the start is, you know, we know how much trouble Jim Rutherford has had creating cap space and part of it is because Jim Rutherford is allergic to losing trades. He d- he does not <laughs> view cap space as an asset in the way that in the way that younger general managers do. 
if if he were to move a player in for nothing for a for a fungible return and just get get the salaries off the books and say that like player x makes four and a half million dollars he's gone now that's that's the return like those aren't the terms that that jim rutherford thinks in he wants Mm -hmm. to trade players for players and as soon as and whenever he has cap space it burns a hole in his pocket as soon as he gets it he spends it we saw it for years years with the penguins great example Patrick Hornquist trade. It was the last big, the last <laughs> big trade that that Jim Rutherford pulled when he when he was running Pittsburgh. The whole narrative around that team was like they need cap space, they need cap space. Got to move Hornquist. Find a way to move Patrick Hornquist, but they t- they took on Mike Matheson, who made more money for more years, and that was and that was that right. Mm-hmm. So Rutherford isn't a guy who prioritizes cap space. So that all that being said. <clears throat> And knowing that that's the way Rutherford operates, and knowing what the Canucks caps cap situation is in general, because God knows he, whether he prioritizes or not, he's been trying to clear to clear money from the books for you know as long as he's been on the job. It should have been framed from the start that they were choosing J.T. Miller over Bo Horvat more than it was, because that's clear. That's clear. What like you, you look now. at that roster, like that that was the choice, right? And it and it seems like it was the wrong one. Because one guy's been good and the other one hasn't been. So I, I just pulled up the Canucks cap friendly page, and they are already committed. They've committed seventy one point nine million dollars to seventeen players for next season, right. um, <laughs> which gives them like eleven million dollars in cap space for next season. But you look at some of the the guys. I mean, Luke Shen's off the books. Will they bring him back? I'm not really sure. I think people really like him, but Niels Hoglander is a restricted free agent. He needs a new contract. Bo Horvat is an unrestricted free agent. Um, and I think the the point too is like you sure they have a lot of cap space, <laughs> but you need to be able to use that to make meaningful change on your roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and how are you going to do that? Can you afford to pay Bo Horvat, who's probably going to get? You know, what do we think he's going to make next year? Like, what is somebody going to offer him? Not he's making five, five and a half, not five yeah. and a half million dollars. He's only I'll making five point five right now. No, he's an, and, he's an he's an eight million dollar player at this point in in his career at minimum eight eight or nine million dollars. That's just mm-hmm. with especially now that we know the cap's going up. Like that's yeah. how much those guys that's how much those guys are going to cost. So if you want to make meaningful change on your roster and also bring back Bo Horvat, that seems like an either or proposition for the Vancouver Canucks right now, unless they start doing. What Jim Rutherford hates the most, which is just like here, take player X for nothing. For, and I mean, <laughs> uh, for or or retaining cap space, yeah, or, or whatever. He does not like doing that. Yeah, they did it with uh, Jason Dickinson, and then he went and like played really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like, think? Oh no! <laughs> right. You think Jim Rutherford isn't going to look at that and be like, "All right, never doing that again." Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's they're they're in a they're in a bad way. Yeah, but they're so, not, they're not they're not alone. Like they're they're one of you know a, several teams that are sunk already, and the end mm-hmm. result of that is that we're already talking trade, and and we've been, we've played you know twenty seven days worth of hockey or whatever it's been. So some of the ones that um, the players that have been brought up in Pierre LeBrun's story that's on the athletic potential NHL trade candidates and deadline buyers emerging early again. Bo Horvat is one of those players that was listed. Um, a couple of Blues players listed as well. 
Sean already mentioned Ryan O'Reilly, also Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, he has a full no trade clause. Mm-hmm. So any kind of deal uh, for Tarasenko would need to be kind of signed off by Tarasenko. Um, <laughs> and I mean, they were trying to t- trade him. I was going to say, we're so in year, th- year three of the Vladimir yeah. Tarasenko trade. Uh, yeah, trade absolutely. Saga. You've got Bo Horvat, um, obviously Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. I was talking to Laz about this on the radio, and he was saying he sees Taves as a more realistic trade candidate. Like if by the trade deadline, true or false, like Taves and Kane are going to be on different teams, like he leans more to saying true for Taves than Kane right now. Taves is playing well. All the numbers are where you want him to see. You know, he's a year out from, you know, whatever, a a year out from – from t- from taking that break that he needed to just heal all over the place, right? So he knocked off mm-hmm. some of the rust. He looks more like himself. <clears throat> He's at least a viable trade candidate now because of uh because of the because of A the way he played and the fact that they can launder him twice if they need to and get his cap pit down to, you know, two and a half million dollars, right? So yeah, it seems like he's it, it's still, it's just really, it's hard for me to believe that Kane doesn't get moved. And I believe, and if, if Laz says it, you know, whatever, it's, it's law in, in, in a lot of ways, but it's, it's <laughs> tough intellectually for me to, for me to get to that spot and say that Taves moves and Kane doesn't. But Taves is it's center. tough for He's me to playing, see them. Yeah. It's tough for me to see them moving at all. Cause like when you think of, I mean, unless of course we're looking at a 50% salary retention. And a team like Colorado clears out some space to be able to make that money work. Um, I mean, that's, we should note the Avs do have their first round pick this mm-hmm. year. So they do have um, some stuff to, to be working with with these teams. I just I only see those guys being moved if it's to a contender, because why would Jonathan yeah. Taves and or Patrick Kane go to another crappy team that's in a city that's not Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they and they have they have veto power over these moves, and and they're going to use it. But if I'm Patrick, if I'm Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves, and you know that you're not, I mean, it's certainly in Taves' case, he's not going to resign with that with that franchise, right? Like it's there, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for them for them to keep him around. Kane is seems like a seems like a you know maybe a a little bit of a different situation. But if you know you're gone, mm-hmm. if you're in, and and if that's the conversation they have, and in February rolls around, right? And Chicago's like, like thank you for everything you've done, like, but we are not going to bring you back next year. Mm-hmm. That goes for both of those guys. Like, why don't you just take like rip the bandaid off, go on a playoff chase, go to Colorado or the Rangers or wherever these guys are sort of being mocked up now because you can want like. Sure, they want to stay in Chicago. Like everybody, like I get it. Moving sucks. It doesn't matter whether you make eleven million dollars or, or or not. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. But the choice is on the verge of being out of their hands. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if Chicago says, like, again, thanks, fellas, but not coming back next year. So let's figure out what you want to do for the next for the next you know twenty five games. I don't know how if you're those guys, you're like, no, this is fine. I'm just going to stay put and then and then, yeah. and, and then deal with it later. Like you, you might as well just get it done and and go and and wind up on a team that's capable of making some kind of run. Yeah, you've got to really love the city of Chicago if you're going to try to stay there. Um, another option is a healthy Sean Monahan. 
little little one there. Maybe, did P- maybe, did Peter maybe. bring him up? He did. It was like a one-liner. A healthy Sean Monahan could also be another option for Colorado. I think one of the funny things in here um, is him bringing up Ryan O'Reilly to Colorado because no. I think mm-hmm. that's where he started. And he signed that offer sheet. Didn't end up happening, but he signed that yeah. offer sheet. Yeah, I wonder if the- that would be some kind of fun <laughs> peak chaos moment. That is a player. Ooh, I would love that. Yes, I would say that's a player who has a history in that particular market. That would be that that would be interesting. He's been he's been really bad. <laughs> yeah. He's been really really bad. <laughs> yeah, a couple of defensemen before we move on to our conversation with Saad about the Dallas Stars, our little um, Stars deep dive because they are very good and people aren't really talking about it. Maybe they are. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not noticing it. Um. But a couple of defenders, John Klingberg, obviously, he was signed to the one-year contract, which I it was really smart by the Ducks because they just know that they're going to be able to flip that guy. Like, why the hell? Nobody wants him. Give him. You have the cap space. You have the the cash to do it. Like, I thought that was a really, like, like low-key, not maybe not even low-key, just a very obvious, smart piece of business because you know that you're going to get something for this guy. Um, and if you have an owner who's going to spend those dollars, even though your team's going to be terrible, why the hell not? Because you're going to get something for John Klingberg at the trade deadline. Um, another one Klingberg, that was brought I mean, up is Klingberg is he's a right shot defenseman who people are always going to want that at the deadline. Yeah, who who is a power play quarterback, and he's yeah. got three three points on the power play, and the Ducks unit is awful, but. Mm-hmm. People ignore that stuff. Like GMs see what they want to see. And regardless of how good Klingberg is. Look at the is, haul for Ben Sherratt last year. Yeah. Regardless of how good Klingberg is or isn't playing, by the time by the time the deadline rolls around, everyone's going to say like, well, he's got this on his resume. He's an expiring contract. He's, a skill, he's got the skill set that is in demand maybe more than any other in the league. Mm-hmm. Like something's going to happen there. Well, think about the list that we all do as journalists you know, the trade deadline wish list, like how many teams say like, oh, we could use a second line center and a right shot defenseman. Yeah, welcome to the club. Everybody wants that. So that was really smart by the Ducks to be like, well, let's just sign him. We're going to be terrible and we're going to get something to stock our kind of future assets covered with. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk is also a pending unrestricted free agent. He makes less money than Klingberg, 3.9 million versus 7 million. So he's maybe a little bit easier to manage from a money standpoint, and then there's, um, of course, everyone always brings this up, but Matt Dumba is a pending unrestricted free agent. Oh, my God. Um, he has a 10-team no-trade <sighs> list, and that obviously depends on if Minnesota is in a playoff spot. So we're going to continue another cycle of Matt Dumba. I'm just glad that that's I'm like actually that's, not going to do it. That's almost. <laughs> I'm not going to engage. It's almost over. Like, like, we talked about, he's like the defensive version of. Tarasenko, where it's like, how yeah. long are we going to be able? <laughs> I don't want to keep talking about <laughs> to, this. To, 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 to string together Dumba, Dumba trade yeah, stuff. What are we doing? And, and by the way, projected cap space on cap friendly. There are two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen teams with with a goose egg there for the deadline. So still a lot no of teams. deadline cap space. Yeah, so there's still teams in cap hell. And the difference, you know, would you rather have John Klingberg than Kevin Shattenkirk on your team in 2022? Like, sure. But $3 is a relevant number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, God. The Penguins have, is that $5,000? <laughs> yeah. 
Just give that to me. <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins, $5 million. Ron $5,000 in projected Ron, cap space at the deadline. Ron Hextall, please give me f- five grand. You don't need it. I wonder Got- how that changes if they have to dip into more LTAR because they had uh, three defensemen on the ice at one point yeah. <laughs> on Wednesday night. They were, they've been riding the rails. And they won. The entire, the, the entire season on that. Lots of teams are struggling to call up. It's not just the Maple Leafs. You know, there's no. a lot there's there's a lot of teams that are one, you know, turned ankle away from being in from being in trouble because these injuries that stop player that are serious enough to miss time but not enough to qualify for LTAR, that is like the the worst possible thing yeah. that can happen to these teams. And, it, and, it, and oh, he's also, only out for seven days. Shit. Darn. Darn. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our conversation with Saad. Uh it's it's the Dallas Stars hour, half hour. It's much deserved. Yeah. America's America's team, the Dallas Stars. The rambling boys of chaos. R.I.P. That name does yeah. that name that, na- that name doesn't apply anymore. It comes no, up with Saad. we have to come up with something new because they're just good now. So let's let's talk about it with Saad and if you guys have have suggestions on what to name the Dallas Stars now, because we have to retire the Rambling Boys of Chaos. Uh yeah, let us know in the comment section. Click your heels, et cetera, et cetera. Here's our chat with Saad Youssef. We'll be right back. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking a W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, we are pleased to welcome to the show... Saad Youssef. Did I pronounce your name right? You did. That's right. Oh, just like God, I should have just How said do you not know more. how to pronounce his name yet? His last name. <laughs> it's, it's bullshit. That's bull- bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> What's up, dude? No, Sorry, wait a second. No, I should have said it with more confidence because I said it correctly, but mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like people butcher people's names. Well, I'm surprised you were talking about my last name because my ra- last, ni- last name reads pretty phonetically the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's the first name, but in the hockey community, um, the first name doesn't get butchered much either. Thanks to one Brandon Saad. So <laughs> do people say like Sade? Yeah. Sade, sad, something like that. Sharday, Sharday, Sharday Yusuf. I feel like we were just talking before we started recording because you went to Minnesota and you had mm-hmm. this great story on Jake Ottinger's off season. And I feel like there's now that Mike Russo is in the podcast network. The Russo army floods the podcast stream now. And you met yeah. one of them. You met a proud member of the Russo army. Can you just take us back to this? Because I think that is hilarious. 
Yeah. So, so the first day I'm there, I'm uh, I, I'm I, I'm just you know I'm in Lakeville, which is where Jake is from, and so uh, there's a gas station that was like right next to my uh, right next to my hotel. I went to catch a game at the Beauty League uh, that night. And then I come home and, I, and I'm at the gas station and I have my athletic hoodie on, even though this is in August, but one, it's Minnesota. Two, um, <laughs> you know, I was at a hockey rink. So I had my athletic hoodie on and I just get like, there was two people, it was two, it was a couple. And uh, and they just go, oh, like, you know, you work, do you like work at the athletic? And they're like, yeah, like you work with Russo. I was like, yes. And they're like, and then for about, five minutes they're just like asking me about how he is as a person and everything <laughs> like that and then they're like they're and then yeah one of them and i texted russo this too i think and, and one of them was like yeah we're like big minnesota wild fans and big mike russo fans so um dude he's, just, he's as big as the team that's amazing two separate entities. So like, yeah, Saad, con- congrats, um, con- congratulations yeah. on working with him Saad yeah. is our mike russo um correspondent Yes. And also the Dallas Stars writer at The Athletic. That's the real reason we brought you on. But uh, I, I love that story. Dallas is off to an eight, four and one start. They have they're the seventh best team in the league right now mm-hmm. based on yeah, points percentage. So. Really good start for the Dallas Stars. I mean, is this is this real? Like is what we're seeing in Dallas? We're going to start there and we'll get into some of the individual players and stuff. But is what we're seeing in Dallas like is this is this legit? Or are we just seeing them outperforming expectations? What do you think? I think there's parts of their game that is definitely for real. Like, I think the penalty kill is definitely real. I mean, uh, you know, the way they performed against Toronto, but then most recently, just less than a week ago against Edmonton, I think the Oilers had like six uh, power play opportunities. Dallas only gave up one goal to Dreisaitl. But, uh, but I think, you know, that part of it is real. I think the offense, though, is... Uh, not, I, I don't think it's quite this real. Like, I think the style is, but I think they're shooting really high percentage right now. And I don't think it's necessarily sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to have to kind of find different ways to manufacture offense. That isn't just, you know, the way that they're doing it right now. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think a lot of what you're seeing stylistically from both ends, um, defensively they're sound. I know Jake Ottinger has been hurt, but Scott Wedgwood came in for the last four games, went three and one. Um, and so they're, they're playing sound in front of the goaltender. And when they're not, whether it's Jake or Scott Wedgwood, the goaltender struggles. So I think defensively they're good. Offensively they're solid, but I think they do need to um, probably have a, a way of scoring that's a little bit more consistent um, than their high shooting percentage right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just yeah. for context, for, for people listening, the Dallas Stars currently rank second in the league in five-on-five five shooting percentage at 10.29. That's behind only the New York Islanders, who are just like a little bit of a hair above them, whereas their expected goals and their shot share rates, et cetera, are like more, and not quite in the middle, like they're still in the upper tier, like 10-11, but that's that's the context for that there so what's been the early return on DeBoer like what is is there anything he's been particularly good at that that you know especially based on last year we don't we don't need to slag Rick Bonus I, I think he's we we all know we all know what Rick Bonus brings to the table and the kind of teams that he coaches but what's the biggest change under DeBoer that you've seen so far there's just an absolute green light on offense and you know I think this is also kind of a credit to uh, the stars players who really bought into Bonus's system because this is stuff that they were kind of capable of doing um, regardless of who the coach is, but they bought into that suffocating 
defensive structure that bonus preached and and DeBoer has come in and just greenlit the entire thing like he he's encouraging offense he's encouraging whether it's defensemen or forwards to really have a scoring mentality and I think that's really changed a lot I think another thing that you know we can break down the x's and o's but you guys like everyone sees that I think the yeah. one thing that's really been uh really stood out to me about DeBoer is he came in and said he's going to give every player a blank slate and I think it's very coach speak for a new coach to come in and say and do that. But DeBoer has done that like to the highest level. Like every player started off at ground zero and then had to build their way up to him. So one of their most efficient goal scorers last year in Jacob Peterson didn't make the opening lineup, has only played one mm-hmm. NHL game and went down to the AHL. Dennis Gurionov, who was kind of like the Rick Bonus whipping boy, got (laughs) a lot of second line run. Uh, He hasn't been great all the time, but he's gotten opportunities on the second line. Um, And then the minutes distribution is just day and night different. There's no checking line. The fourth line is getting fourth line minutes. So for me, it's just the way that he's kind of come through on a lot of his promises that he made in the offseason. I mean, Gurionov is an interesting player, right? Because we've seen him. He came... Yeah, showed a ton of a ton of promise early, especially in the, in the bubble run and all that. But I mean, my God, you you, you called him bonuses, whipping boy, accurate. I think this is is this the way you should should be being used? At least giving the giving the opportunity to like sink or swim in that middle six, right? Because the stars ideally would have a guy like him producing. Because for as good as the top line is, we'll talk about them more in a minute. Like the secondary scoring is still there's still work to be done there. And Gurionov seems like they need to at least figure out whether he can carry some of the load or, or not, right? Yeah, and and to kind of build on the whipping boy comments, like yeah, Dennis yeah. Gurionov holds a lot of responsibility here. Like Rick Bonus mm-hmm. wasn't didn't just like have it out for him. Like like Gurionov plays a very um I don't I don't know how else to say it, but a very unintelligent game. Like he's he's physically he has all the tools. He's so fast crazy shot it's really good Mm -hmm. but he just doesn't have the hockey iq and really that brings down whatever line he's on um so it doesn't just affect him but when you think back to the start to the season that tyler sagan and mason marchment had that was Mm -hmm. with tied to landry on the line for the first three four games then gurianov came along and they kind of went stale for a little bit and that's not a coincidence so um so gurianov has a lot to figure out on his own as well um but you're right. The stars have to figure it out. And DeBoer has played a really interesting psychological game with them where he's been building them up in the media where Bonus was kind of doing the opposite. Bonus was, wasn't was tearing them down. He was just being honest. Um, where <laughs> DeBoer is being honest, but with a positive spin to it. Um, unfortunately, Gurionov mispracticed today with an injury um, and may not play tomorrow. And uh, an AHLer, Matei Blumel, might get a chance. But uh, Gurionov has a lot to figure out on his own as well to get wherever he was in, on even strength is one thing, but man, to get bumped off the second power play unit by a 19 year old rookie, um, mm. that should not be happening to a guy that's supposed to be a goal scorer. Oh, cause you wrote, you wrote something really, was that in the, over, over the, I can't remember if that was over the summer or at the end of the last regular season, but you wrote, you had a really good breakdown of Gurionov and just sort of, I mean, trying to appropriate blame i guess really and say and, and figure out how much of this is the player how much of this is this is the circumstances and the situation that, that, that he's been that he's been put and that was that was really good and I, I can't remember i can't remember when it ran but it was one of the it was you know a good piece about a guy whose career you know low-key has been 
bizarre, honestly. So it, it that was a that was a solid that was that was a solid bit of work. Yeah, and, and I think the word you use bizarre is right on point. Like it hasn't even mm-hmm. been like a failure, but it hasn't been a success. It's just been bizarre. Like, you know, you can say whatever you want about bonus, but Dennis Gurionov in the AHL was a healthy scratch in the uh, Calder Cup final against the Marlies um, that was back in like 2018 or so. Mm-hmm. And and so Derek Laxdell in the AHL, Jim Montgomery, Rick Bonus, now Pete DeBoer. Like at some point there's a common denominator and that common denominator mm-hmm. is the player. <laughs> so yesterday the Dallas Stars sent the other Matt Murray, uh, not the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Matt Murray to the American Hockey League, signaling a possible return for Jake Ottinger. And then today he took part in full team practice. So we can maybe expect to see Jake Ottinger in the Stars next game tomorrow. Or I guess this comes out Friday morning. He'll just, whenever you listen to this, Jake Ottinger is probably back. (laughs) He'll be back. (laughs) What, like, just can you contextualize, like, his hot start to the season and just what that means for this team to have Jake Ottinger. Yeah, I mean, it means everything. And, and yes, uh, Jake not only practiced, but also spoke with the media, which is generally a good sign as well, and and did say that he's he's pretty much ready. And, and uh, DeBoer said that it's a possibility. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it, you know, he's he's been a legitimate Vesna candidate. That's not overstating. When he got hurt, he, was, he had the top safe percentage, top goals against average. Like, he's been everything. And here, here's the crazy thing. It's everyone was talking about, and Haley, you know this, um, the seven-game series against Calgary, and they were talking about if he could sustain that. And then he came out and through the first nine games had better numbers in those first mm-hmm. nine games than he did in that series against the Flames. He's unreal. So, so it just like, and, and you know, I don't think it's a fluke. Like, you know, I, I spent, like you mentioned off the top, I spent time with him in Minnesota. I saw the way that he works. Um, he's very... He's 23 years old, beyond mature uh, for his years, and he's very just technically sound, and he has a lot of good people in his corner. The goaltending coach, Jeff Rees, for sure, but you look throughout his career, Ben Bishop has played a starring role in his development. He's had Anton Udobin. Then last year, he had Braden Holpe, and so you have like all these guys who are in his room together, um, and you know I think a lot of that plays a role in how, how well he's played, but I don't think it's a fluke at all. Do you think... Jason Robertson has what it takes to be a star in the NHL. <laughs> that was that was an incredible moment. The the media member from Edmonton literally went up to him and was like, "You know, you, I said you're being a you're a budding you're like becoming a star and like Stars fans on Twitter were not having it. They're like, he "Wait, he went up to Jason and said that to him also?" <sighs> yes. Yeah. Like Jason, I think you have what it takes. Okay, thanks. Cool. <laughs> oh no, no, no. He was he he was relaying the story. He was relaying the story oh, that I said uh, this like on he Twitter. Said it, that he oh. said it and got and got dragged for <laughs> oh, it. Oh, was yeah. like, wait. He went up to Jason Robertson and was just like, Jason, I think that you have <laughs> what it dope. takes, young kid. No, it's Canadian, Canadian Canadian arrogance there. That's a, Man, a, a textbook I, textbook case of it. I thought I thought Haley, your your tweet to that literally made me laugh was out really loud. Funny. Was uh, breakout breakout candidate twenty twenty four breakout <laughs> candidate Jason Robertson? Can he do it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Forty one yeah, goal well, score, Jason Robertson could yeah, have what and, it takes. But is this you know, just like the thing? And, and sorry, Sod, like is this just the mm-hmm. thing that we do sometimes? Like maybe even specifically in Canada, just because you're not paying attention to something does not mean that yes. it's not happening. And Jason Robertson is already well on his way 
yeah. to that. Like, what more do you have to do? Score another? I mean, yeah, sure. Follow it up. Let Fine. Me give but you I don't think anyone saw that and was like, ooh, I don't know. Let me give you the best example of this. And this is a very true story that, that I tweeted in that thread. Um, last year, I th- it was in March or whatever, Jason Robertson scored back-to-back hat-tricks on the road. Back-to-back <laughs> oh, no. hat-tricks. And that same week, Nick Robertson scored his uh. first NHL goal. The Stars were playing in Toronto. It was going to be the first Robertson Bowl. I got I get in the Uber, and the, I never tell Uber drivers usually like what I'm in town for. Uh, but I just happened to slip and and let them know. And the Uber driver literally goes, "Oh, so you cover you like you covered Nick Robertson's brother?" Like, um, and I was like, I was like, Wait, this guy is on pace to score like 50, just coming off a of back to back hat tricks. He's the older brother, and it's wild. I am the (laughs) ass backwards, like Toronto media member now because at training camp, like I basically Chris Cuthbert, who calls Leafs games, was like, "You need to stop," because I kept all throughout training camp. I was just like, "Jason Robertson, is he going to make the team this year?" Like I was like the Leafs person at camp, being like, "It's Jason Robertson," and everyone's just like, "Haley, that is Nick Robertson. Like you need to figure it out." I was like, "He's the better brother." I'm sorry. I mean, Nick. Robertson is very talented, but I was like, uh, I couldn't like compute in my brain after so many stars games last year in Calgary that it was Nick Robertson, not Jason Robertson. So unbelievable. He had, he had 41 goals last year. He's over, over a point per game. He's Nick Robertson's (laughs) brother. He's, he's Nick Robertson's brother and a guy who maybe is turning into a star. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And you know, he's, he's, he's also, I think seventh last I checked, he was like, seventh in the NHL in scoring this year. And oh, by the way, that's after he had one training camp practice because of a holdout. (laughs) Um, He practiced one day in training camp, the last practice of training camp. And most uh, guys could (laughs) never do that. Look at Toronto and the guys who miss parts of camp and they come in and it takes them a year to get their feet under them. I I think um, I was reading through Dom's 16 stats today and he had a big thing about how like we are not like once again, we are not paying enough attention to the Robertson, um, hints Pavelski line. Like they are outscoring opponents 13 to one at five on five. They have a 67% XG. They're also on the top power play units where they've scored nine goals on the power play that like trio has been in on. Like what, what is like, do they have the, is this the best line in the NHL now that the Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk lines out? Cause I thought they were the best line in the league last year. And this was a close second. Like, is this? Are they just building off that to be the, the best line at five on five in the in the in the NHL? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought last year Calgary's line was the best line too, and I thought this was a close second. Um, and and I think this year they're right up there. I, I think they're. I would put them probably number number one through number three somewhere in there. And the funny thing is that the most underrated player on that line, as much as we just talked about Jason Robertson, mm-hmm. is Rope Hints. Like people know Joe Pavelski because of the longevity, Jason Robertson, 40 goal scorer and everything he's doing rope. Jason Robertson is not the best forward on the Dallas stars. Rope hints is the best forward on the Dallas stars. And, 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 and that's, and that's not really a hot take and it's not a hot opinion. Like, you know, Rope hints, his complete body of work, offense, defense, everything that he's able to do is just unbelievable. And, you know, uh, Shayna Goldman and I did a did a pretty in-depth piece at the end of last year about how he really should be a Selkie candidate almost for the pretty much for the next decade, the way that he plays. It's the two-way game. He's the engine, in my opinion, of that line. 
Um, Pavelski does a great job fitting in. Robertson is a great goal scorer, taking nothing away from those guys. But yeah, I think the line as a whole is underrated, and I think their centerman is is grossly underrated. Dom brought up the player tiers thing, which I which I was a part of. He said, "This is this is Dom writing in sixteen sets." When we did our player tiers project before the summer, we had Robertson in tier three C, Hints in tier four A, and Pavelski in tier four B. Across the board, it felt too low for all three, given their results, and the feeling has only increased since. I would like to say, take this opportunity to say it on the podcast, that I had all three of those dudes higher than they ended up. Mm-hmm. It was me and Dom and Shayna and Corey Pronin, and I lost the argument. I had all three of those. I had all three of those dudes higher than at least higher higher than we ended up having them. It was an, it was an argument that I lost. So I don't appreciate being dragged into this group that's 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 disrespecting those guys because they're because they're 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 awesome. I've been trying to gas them up as much as possible. I called Dom out today on the radio as well since we're on the subject. He yeah. wrote in the Calgary section. Why is nobody talking about how the Flames have one of the hardest strength of schedules in the league? And I was literally on the radio talking about this all week. I was like, so I guess one of my best friends doesn't listen to my goddamn radio show because I have been freaking talking about this. It's like everyone needs to calm the shit down because I don't want (laughs) to calm the heck down. (laughs) Everyone needs to calm down. Because they have one no. of the hardest schedules in the league, and then Dom goes out there and is like, nobody's talking about this but me. This is, again, okay. again, Dom, that is, that's pure <laughs> Canadian arrogance yeah. from Dom. Because yeah, back to in, the in, stars. Sorry, I just it's need true. to yell at Dom no, but like, a but like, bit more. But like, I, I think that's, I think that's <laughs> part of, I think that's part of why, we, why we're having this discussion and why it, talking about Robertson. It's like, as soon as a person, whether it's Dom or whoever, whoever cornered Robertson in Edmonton, <laughs> It's like when a person has a thought for the first time, it's like, oh, nobody I guess is no, talking I, I about guess, this. I guess, I guess no. This is the first time Just I me. thought of this thing. So that means that it's the first time that anybody on earth has, has, has thought of this thing. And it's being applied to Jason Robertson being like, yeah, like a, a, an, an actual an actual star player. Canadian yeah. arrogance. Last thing on, on that line, Joe Pavelski. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, we, you know, he's also a guy that kind of flies Who under the radar. Who could have thought he's still good? <laughs> 30 but he's 38 years old and it's like he has been the stars leading goal score leading scorer for the last two seasons so as much as robertson's broken out whatever like he's been the stars leading scorer for two seasons so it's just wild that line is incredible is he the best old guy in the league He's got to be. I, I mean, I can't. Because we've got, who's the, thir- the 38 to 40 year olds? <laughs> yeah. Well, the okay. oldest player in the league is Mark Giordano. Mm-hmm. Who's looked good. He's like. That, one, that's true. He's yes. the oldest. I oldest active player. Like guy under oh. contract, like playing is Geo. That's brutal. That makes me feel. I mean, he's 40. <laughs> I know, but still, but I don't. Yeah, I know. Are that's you 40? You know that I'm not. You know that I'm not forty. <laughs> don't don't ask questions. You know the answer to. Are you forty years old yet? Um, I think Joe Pavelski might be like the best old guy in in the yes. NHL when we're looking at the thirty eight to forty range here because you've got Eric Stahl, Geo, Ryan Studer, Ryan yeah, all all apologies to Eric Stahl, but I'm, um, I'm taking I'm I'm, I'm taking I'm taking how Joe old over is him. how old is um Zach Parise? Parisi? But it does it's Parisi and it doesn't matter because he is worse than Joe Pavelski. But I'm just saying, is he old guy? Yeah, he's yes, 30, he is he's old guy. He's, he's 38. He's, a, he's an old guy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think 
Pavelski is the best. Is the best old man. What an inspiration for thirty-eight yeah, year olds God. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God bless him. Um, He's still moving. <laughs> God. What what an inspiration. Sad. We were, we were talking about this, but before before we started recording, and I know we've talked a lot about underrated players and underappreciated players and under the you know under the radar guys in Dallas. I was not expecting to hear you say that you think that Miro Haskin is, is is still not getting enough, still not getting enough dap for what's for what's gone on with him this season. How good has he been? And uh, is he going to win at Norris? Can you just tell me now so I can maybe bet on it or something? <laughs> well, so I mean that's the standard that I that I kind of say he's <laughs> mm-hmm. underrated by because I don't think anyone that watches hockey even in Toronto thinks that Miro Haskin is, is not great. Like everyone knows Miro Haskin is great. But I, I don't think that he gets necessarily his due just because just because so much is made about the offense. Like you look at what Carlson's doing, you look at what McCarr has done, and you know, those guys are really, really great in their own right. But then you have to watch Miro Haskinen on a nightly basis. And like there was a play the other night, I don't know, like, you know, you guys see me on Twitter, like there was a play that I just like freaked out on Twitter when I saw Miro make. Like he this this guy just like it looked like he was moving on fast forward as he went and closed out a a complete un unattended breakaway and it's just those kind of plays that will never find the stat sheet um and and you know that's the thing with Mira Haskin and his impact all you have to know is he was out for three games the stars I want to say were 0 for 15 on the power play he came yep. back and like like nothing they they were scoring multiple power play goals a game. Um, he's absolutely unbelievable the way that he plays and how unassuming he is. So, um, yeah, I, d- I don't want to make it sound like, you know, some Miro Haskinen uh, fanboy talk here, but I'm just saying, objectively speaking, looking at the way that the entire league plays, I think Miro Haskinen is a legitimately a top five defenseman in the NHL. My worry is that he's going to end up being a little bit like Charlie McAvoy in the sense that he's going to end up being like the best defenseman who doesn't win a Norris because he's playing in the Kale McCarr era. Yeah, like I agree. he's going to be like this generation's and Chris and, Letang. Know, well, and <laughs> you, you know, know it's funny because Dallas has a guy like that. Sergey Zubov played through the Lidstrom era, and yep. you know, like yeah. they've they've seen this story happen before. So yeah, yeah. lots of. Lots of good players were smoked out by, <laughs> yeah. by Lidstrom. The, 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 the thing with Haskinen, you mentioned the power play. He's finally there. He's finally getting legitimate run there because he was blocked by Klingberg for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Four points in 10 games. A lot, lot of talent with that unit, like we yeah. talked about. That's what it takes. Like Everybody loves like the, 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 sl- the slick little plays that he makes you know, on, his, on, on his exits and you know the skating and all that stuff. That's all well and good. What you need still to win the Norris is just like sheer tonnage of points. And you get that on the power play and it seems like that's going to happen. So I don't know, man. At some point, it might not be this year, but it, but at some point people are going to be tired of voting for Kale McCarr and Miro Haskins going to win a Norris. It's happening. Yeah, and look, they're same draft class, one pick, one pick difference. Mm-hmm. Like they're always going to be tied at the hip that way. Um, and so, you know, it, it'll be interesting, but I, but I think it's, like you said, it's a lot of fun, and and people have to remember Miro is still just twenty three years old and just recently turned twenty three. So yeah, um, as is Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger. So crazy. <laughs> I think the last one for me, Saad, because I know you have to to run out on something. Should we 
not and not you specifically. Like, but should people like apologize for just completely dumping on Tyler Sagan for a year in which he barely had a hamstring or quad muscle or a knee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because he looks, he's we've seen some vintage Sagan moments already, and it makes you think like, oh, maybe, maybe we should have given him a little bit more time. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I'm like you know, I'll toot my own own horn here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were, I was gonna, so, I was gonna. Do that's it. why I, I said not you. That's why I said not you. You don't like, need to freaking apologize. Neither do like, I. I always yeah. believed in Tyler Sagan. Because like you know, I've covered this. I've covered this injury since it happened. This was this was right when I got on the beat. Uh, a month prior to me getting on the beat is when he got hurt, and you know, I was in communication with them. I did the big expose about everything mm-hmm. that he went through. And then I went and spent three days in Toronto with him this summer and, oh. and and was in the gym with him, seeing the way that he was working out and all that stuff. And I've seen kind of the, the struggle. And, and people have to remember last year when he came back uh, for just a couple of games, three months before he came back, he was not able to walk. Like he was, mm-hmm. he had video with him on the ice. He was in a wheelchair ice. for a bit, wasn't he? he? Yeah, so he was in a wheelchair for two months and then, or about a month, and then he was on the ice holding on to a chair in front of him just to skate, just to get on the ice. And so, yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely something to it. Um, I think Sagan's health is in a much better place, but I also think it's a, it's a perfect storm for him as well because he's not handicapped by Jamie Benn to his left side anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he, now he has Mason Marchment, who is yeah. basically young Jamie Benn. Um, which is which is really nice. And then he has Pete DeBoer's system. And so all those things combined, his health, his, uh, Marchment being there and DeBoer's system have really, like you said, you're, you're absolutely right, Haley. It's uh, it's created this this thing where he's he's had a rejuvenation of sorts. And the, and the awesome thing for him is he only ever has to be the best second line centerman on the team because no one's mm-hmm. taking Rope Hintz's spot. And so the pressure is kind of off of him as well where yeah, he's getting paid um, to be, you know, whatever. But at this point, everyone knows Rope Hintz is number one. So the story that you wrote about his rehab was so overwhelming. Good. Like there was so there was so much there was so much stuff in the top of that just about about you know just straight what happened to him. Like the biology that you had to you had to yeah. dig into that dig into on that was wild. This is the big takeaway for everybody, by the way. This is what it should be. If anybody is like is like needs to bone up on the on on the Dallas Stars like we've talked about four different things you've written here like <laughs> there's no you have no excuse to be surprised by the Dallas Stars Sod is covering them <laughs> like a blanket baby let's go <laughs> but I'm about, I'm about one sixth of the blanket. way covering my team the way that Russo the way Russo does yes Yes. When I was in Dallas for the playoffs, I was wearing an athletic sweater and someone said, oh, my God, do you work with Saad? (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that's true. (laughs) It it might be. Just let it like. Uh, Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, just kidding. It it was Saad seeing me (laughs) and saying, oh, my God, you're in Dallas. Yeah. I fudged the truth a little bit. (laughs) But thank you. For joining the Athletic Hockey Show. This was so much fun. This is the Friday show. We are the superior, fun, North American show. I don't listen to very many podcasts because I do radio on my own and and I don't and but I I this is the podcast that I catch most regularly. So I appreciate yeah. the opportunity to be on it. Like you guys are you guys are great. Um oh, and, and do a really time. good job. 
We love the Dallas Stars. Wait, what was the nickname for the Dallas Stars? Um, Sean, didn't you didn't you coin oh, the the Ramblin' the Ramblin' yes. Boys of Chaos? Oh, yes. that was last year. <laughs> yeah. By the, the way, that was the power the, the power rings. Did that stick? Yeah. That made made its rounds in the organization, though. So just FYI, <laughs> uh, yes, there, there there were definitely people not on the hockey hockey side, not like GM players, but like on the on the business oh, other it side. Wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't Neil calling you up. No, like, no, hey, is- <laughs> it wasn't Jim Neil, but it was definitely no. people on the business side that were uh, that brought that up a few times to me. So I love that. Tell them to <laughs> lean in, embrace it. Yeah. They're less chaotic sure. this they year. Some, they're just some, good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're just good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We love that. Love it. Thanks, Todd. Awesome. Thanks, right. dude. Thanks for having me, guys. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. We'll get back to the podcast in a second, but first a word from our friends at Grammarly. And look, we are professional writers by trade, so we know that communication is the key. And maybe you're not a professional writer, but Grammarly can make you more confident in your writing and make you a little bit more efficient and help you work day to day at your job. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can have that bigger impact at your place of work. Think about this. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. That's a pretty good stat. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and your context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions, tailor-made for you. Their tone suggestions, they'll even help you navigate even through the most difficult conversations at work. You can save time with one click, go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. Talking about stats, 93% of professionals using Grammarly Premium report that it helps them get more work done. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Saad is just the best. I spent a lot of time with him last season. Um, Calgary Flames, Dallas Stars, seven game series in the playoffs. They also played a couple times in the regular season, and he's he's awesome. I feel like we've talked about him a lot on this show because he's done a lot of really good work already this season. Um, the story with Jason Robertson's contract extension came up quite a bit, so it was nice to have him on and like actually talk to him instead of just talk about him. <laughs> yeah, first time I met Saad was at the draft in Montreal, and he rolled up to the bar wearing like hoop shorts and slides. Oh hell like, yeah! This is, this Adam is, Sandler, what are you doing here? I'm like this is this yeah. is my kind of guy. <laughs> He's the best. He's so cool. We uh, were walking out of the rink in Dallas, and obviously the the Mavericks were playing the next day. It was the NBA playoffs as well, and the Phoenix Suns were walking in because there's a yeah, practice court that, yeah. in the the arena. 
And like Saad and I had to stop and wait for all of them to go through. And like Saad's a big hoop guy, and and I used to play, and I like I like watching the sun. So we were just like standing there watching, like, hey, there's Ben Simmons. Hey, that not Ben Ben Simmons. Jesus, wrong Kendall Jenner oh, boyfriend. God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's Devin Booker. Hey, there's Blake Griffin. Wait a yeah. second. No, no. Wait, wait a second. Kyle Kuzma. No. <laughs> Devin Booker. It was Devin Booker. And then I saw Devin Booker everywhere at the Sweet Green locations throughout. <laughs> The Dallas area, because that's the only thing I eat when I'm in the United States, because I am celiac. <laughs> oh, you so are? So I love a sweet green. I don't know if you've heard, but I have a gluten intolerance. Anyways, thanks. To I <laughs> am celiac. I Hi. eat Skittles. I love Skittles. Uh, right beside me today is Runtz. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and you can tell... Which kind of runts I like the most but, based on what's left in the bottom of this bag. There is the orange ones left in the blue ones because I ate all the bananas and the peaches. This is pervert shit. Eating banana, banana flavored What runs. is? Why would you say that? Disgusting. Calm Disgusting. down. Purchased what the in, heck? Purchased in bulk, by the way. Yeah, I went to Bulk Barn, which is Especially a delightful just like, place. Just like pick through, pick through the bin of runts and get like... <laughs> oops, oops, all runs bag. How are we supposed to get to the thing we're actually supposed to talk about in this segment? I have an idea. What is what is PK Subban's favorite hard candy? Does he like runs? Does he like Laffy Taffy? Does he like Skittles? Is he a Skittles man? Can we get him on the show next week? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh it's my really, god. He's easy to find now. He's a he's a media bum like the rest of us. I'm going to bombard ESPNPR. <laughs> With requests until Perfect. we can find out if PK Subban, do you like candy? Do you like chocolate? Do you want to do a candy draft with us on the Athletic Friday show? Mm -hmm. Do you also want to sing our theme song? PK Subban's ESPN was like the worst kept secret on the planet. Like it was, it was, it was going back to when he was playing, mm -hmm. right? So, so he retires. It was just a matter of time before he officially hooked on with them, and it and it happened. Deal was announced on Thursday. He's gonna be a seems like a pretty regular presence in their in their studio show and and all that. Again, as expected, the first the big time. By the way, like the this really started picking up steam when I was in Vegas for the for the preseason player tour. This is this is around the this is around the time he was he had retired and all that. Mm -hmm. People, but it was directly before. Like he he retired a couple weeks later, and people were like, "Oh, what's happening? What's what's happening with PK?" And someone there said, "Um, hey, what do you typically see from PK Subban's Instagram around this around this time of year?" And it was like workout photos, and they're like, "Yeah, you see any of those?" Uh, no. So everyone was like, "Okay, he's transitioning into the next <laughs> in the mm -hmm. in, in the next phase of his life. The dude's the dude's ready to re ready to be on TV full time." Well, this was a news release that. I saw this morning and it just made sense. Like regardless mm -hmm. if you were in the know or not, like it just makes sense for PK to have a media career. I I remember the the clip when he did the like coach's corner and he did the Don Cherry kind of impression hitting the table and mm -hmm. wore the funky suits and we, you know, I I just don't think anyone was shocked no, Arpin, with PK doing this. Arpin Arpin alluded to it too in in one of the kind of career retrospectives mm -hmm. he wrote. Uh, after PK retired, just sort of that this is always always the logical next step. He had a pre-existing relationship with ESPN. He'd done he'd done stuff with them before. This was always mm -hmm. the natural 
that lives lives in the metro area. You know, just put, played in played in New Jersey for for a while. On and yeah. on and on. There was any number of reasons that this was that this was going to happen. And now it's where and now it's where he is. One of the guys who everybody was excited to see transition in, into media mode at some point is, is is there. Are you happy with the state of like the TV broadcasts in the league? Like they've got some good hires lately, and I think ESPN and TNT are trying. It's year two of it, but you've got to think when you look at the personnel. I think ESPN game calls are good. I think they're. I think they're. Uh, I think their play-by-play and color teams are 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 set up well. I've I've enjoyed that. But uh, Messier, Chelios, you know, intermission. Pre- that's not. That's not working for me at all. And and then. TNT is, you know, points for trying. Like I, I like, yeah. I, 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 I do enjoy, I enjoy the, the, the pregame show for the most part. You know, I, and again, I appreciate the effort that they're putting into actually trying to being entertaining. Like whether, whether they hit mm-hmm. the marks is, is another thing entirely, right? But they're, they're doing, they're doing their best. So I think year two, yeah, it's probably it's gone a little, little better than year one. But for ESPN especially, there's room to. There's room to grow there. They and they and, and they need to get better, especially from a studio standpoint. Absolutely, because that's they're lagging behind big time. I think you can tell that TNT is trying to strike the same lightning or find the same little pot of gold with their NBA yeah. crew. It's very obvious. Like the the TNT NBA guys with um, with Shaq and and Barkley. I mean, yeah. I just don't really know if you're ever going to be able to recreate that. But I think my my question that I wanted to get into here is like, what's the closest approximation to that in the NHL? If you could assemble like current former players, like a future panel on the NHL on TNT that gets anywhere close to what the NBA has gotten, like who is it? And, and is PK involved in that? I think he might yeah. be. I, you know, I, I get. Even though he's on ESPN. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I, I get the goal for TNT. Yeah, they're they're trying to replicate some version of what they've got in the NBA, but the NBA's got Barkley. That dude is mm-hmm. one of one. There is no analog in terms of uh between the caliber of player he was, between the the stuff that he's willing and willing willing to say and capable of getting away with, and also just being a genuinely funny, engaging, you know, personality plus guy right like and this is in addition by the way to being one of the 25 best nba players in in history Mm -hmm. like he's one of one right so to try to make it like a one try to make it a direct you know a direct analog there it 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 doesn't exist so i do appreciate what tnt has tried tried to do you know with with gretzky they're playing his strengths which is he has a sense of humor and he's capable of being you know, made fun of, which is funny to see Gretzky's chops getting busted by by those guys. But the guy who the guy who I really want to see on TV is Yager. Oh yeah, his social video of the salute was like really funny. Really funny, funny stuff. Making fun of Jason Zucker. Mm-hmm. A- actual good comedic timing. I think that's an important thing too. Like, if you want someone who actually does know how to make people laugh and is willing to set up jokes and stuff, Yager has that in spades. Mm-hmm. He just needs to actually officially uh, retire as a player, <laughs> which he is. <laughs> yeah. He is. He is still technically has has not done for his Czech league team, but he's still like top of the list for me. And I'm Yager. showing my bi- I'm showing my bias here, but I put Yager. 
put Yager on TV, put more European players on TV, like cha- like whatever, mix mix it up. Superstar European player, one of the best of his generation. Like get him on there, man. He's hilarious. Do we think that Sidney Crosby has a career in the media when he retires no. or is he the guy that you like never hear from again? Part of me wants to say that like anything's possible because Wayne Gretzky is, you know, on a TNT. TV analyst. But Wayne Gretzky also does mm-hmm. a lot of appearances and marketing stuff. And like my first ever um, like assignment when I was like sports assignment when I was at CBC News was the launch of Gretzky's whiskey at the LCBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Gretzky's was available. So it's kind of surprising that it's media, but he's always been in and well, around. I mean, things. that was part of the, that was part of the narrative when he got traded to LA too, is that he wanted to have more of that in the bag. You know, mm-hmm. Janet, Janet was still acting a good bit back then, on and on. Like that was part of the reason he ended up with the Kings in the first mm-hmm. place. Right. And we'd seen stuff from him partially because of the pop culture space that the NHL occupied, especially in America at that mm-hmm. point, like in the early nineties. Wayne Gretzky hosting Saturday Night Live and there was a Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson Saturday morning cartoon and like he was more of a presence, you know, in that TV, media, movie, entertainment space than Crosby has ever even come close to getting. So now that's not, it's it's, it's never going to happen. It would, in in that, in the dude, once one, definitely once no part, no part of it. I can maybe, I can imagine him maybe getting involved with, a front office or something, but I would bet a lot of money that you're never going to see that dude in in any kind of official full-time media capacity. I think in general, the NBA is more fun, which is like comes across in the studio. Like there's more fun things to talk about. There is more fun people who have graduated from the NBA to media roles. You know, I think you would think of the fun guys who would work on, on TV and like PK is top of the list. And I think some of the other ones are ones that are, you know, some level of problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. some of the fun guys aren't exactly the guys you want having the massive platform. Totally. There's a lot of so guys. You've got to a lot of, find that balance. A lot of former hockey players with great senses of humor who are assholes and mm-hmm. and with, you know, not just skeletons in their closet, but guys who you just don't want to platform in any way yeah. at all. Right. So that's that's part of the problem. It's a tough needle to thread. And then the other thing, the other thing that's a problem is that so many former players, even still, even with how front offices have been opened up and we're seeing more non-players, you know, get involved, a lot of the guys who you would like to see on TV get involved with teams. Mm-hmm. Roberto Luongo. Put oh, like, so that dude, he funny. should be it, it we are worse off as a as a as a sport that we don't have that dude on television so in some, in, in some capacity, but he works, for, he works for the Panthers. So like, yeah. what are you going to do? And there's yeah. a, and there's a bunch, Bill Guerin. Imagine. I was Bill, just going to say, like, I think Bill, Bill Guerin would be so funny on a freaking panel. Yes. The, vi- I, uh, the pictures of him with the Stanley Cup on my freaking, <laughs> with the ice cream sundae and him at the grocery store. <laughs> I love, I love those photos of Bill Guerin. Most you haven't teams, seen them. Look, just Google Bill Guerin and they'll pop up. <laughs> just Google Bill Guerin ice cream, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just makes off. me smile in this dark, sad day. Yeah, as our <laughs> respective apartments. Look how dark it is in here. I'm going to Google Bill us. Guerin ice cream. 
every team has a guy like that in the front office where you're like, boy, I feel or, or on the coaching staff or whatever, where you're like, boy, I feel like I feel like person X would be good on TV for, you know, whether it's because they're smart, whether it's because they're charismatic, like whatever it is, every team's got one. <laughs> this is the most wholesome, sweet thing I've ever seen. This guy looks so happy to be sitting there with his giant ice cream sundae. <laughs> Big boy season. Let's go. This is where I wish we have like a Twitter account for the show where we could just like post the really weird out of out of context athletic hockey show out of context. The ride a show. I do think we should get a a show Twitter account and I'll I'll just tweet weird random pictures that we talk about on the show. Like the the photo of me holding up my bag of runs (laughs) and the picture of Bill Guerin with his ice cream sundae. It's Anyways. fine. You can do that. So Bear. that's our homework for the week is to launch a Twitter account and yeah. lay down a mixtape of me singing It's Friday, Friday. Danielle and I will get on that. I don't want you to be involved. I don't like the vibes you're bringing to this. It's for the best. I don't yeah. Like, I don't like, it. like I said, it's just like the Taylor Swift thing. Nobody nobody needs to hear from me on this yeah. particular on this particular topic. And everybody needs to hear me singing before the show starts. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We will talk to you next week on another edition of the Friday Show. Just a reminder, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for the first six months. You can also now subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show's YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.